Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Gorman is single, and after sheltering at home for a few days, he was feeling a bit isolated. He heard about a new grassroots dating service in Chicago. It's called Quarantine Bay. You know, bay, like your sweetie. Quarantine Bay was created specifically for the COVID-19 crisis. Two women here in Chicago wanted to help people have more meaningful connections and maybe even find love. It arranges dates for people who are stuck in their homes. The organizers pick a match for you. And the premise is that for that first meeting, you don't get to see the person. You just voice chat. I appreciate it. I honestly wish that there were more dating apps that didn't have pictures. Gorman's baymaker set him up on a date with a man. And he says he was nervous, but it was fun. It was limited to half an hour. In that half hour, the conversation really never got slow or or uninteresting. He decided he wanted another date, and only then did he get to see the other guy's picture. Gorman actually thinks this truly blind date was better than what he's done in normal times. Go on Tinder, which he finds can be really superficial. Everybody is pre-selecting the most flattering pictures. You know, they're carefully crafting every single word in their bio. You're not giving people a chance to be an actual human. I'm Alexandra Solomon, and Curiosity often gets questions about dating in Chicago. And boy, from what we've heard, a lot has changed in the last few weeks. The service Gorman used, Quarantine Bay, only started in late March. And they say they already have 700 users, or bays as they call them. Other dating apps like Tinder have also seen record traffic during the pandemic. So if anything, more people are reaching out for some kind of date. But of course, we're not supposed to spend time with strangers, so people are finding all sorts of ways to flirt, connect, go on a date, and maybe even get more romantic than that, all at a distance. We wanted to know more, so we reached out to you, our listeners, and many of you wrote in to share stories. A couple members of our Curiosity team talked to some of you to get all the juicy details about how dating lives have changed. We've heard from somebody who had just started a new relationship before COVID-19 hit, someone else who's enjoying flirting from a distance but not quite sure about the new rules, and somebody who's reconnected with a former love. And we're going to start with digital producer Mackenzie Crossan. Hey, Mackenzie, so tell me a little bit about Max Dinerstein and their dating status. Yeah, so Max and their partner started dating in January, so just a few months ago, and they haven't seen each other since March 20th, just the day before the shelter-in-place order went into effect. They decided to quarantine separately and now can't see each other indefinitely, as Max says. So Max is in this new relationship. They're excited about it, but they just got started. And Max says video chatting is nice. It's better than nothing, but there's still something missing. Yeah, I absolutely, when I'm talking to him, I'm like thinking about, you know, like holding him or just like cuddling or, you know, kissing or doing doing all the stuff, right? 
I miss that so much. It's hard. It's weird to be in a new relationship. But Max does have a sort of secret weapon, or not so secret. They're an expert in sex toys, and they've ordered some kind of remote-controlled sex toy that their new partner can control from a distance. Uh, rem- okay, a remote-controlled sex toy. I'm not sure I quite get how that works. Tell me, tell me a little bit more. Yeah, so their partner's toy has an option to control Max's toy from wherever their partner is. So it's kind of like they're together, but they're still far apart. And this is also new to Max. They haven't experimented with this kind of toy with their partner before, so they don't really know what to expect. And I think that's like a different, I guess, like kink to explore that I had thought about before, but had never been like forced in a position to to be like, well, I, we're going to try this and hopefully find it sexy, like and hope and hope that it doesn't feel like way too awkward or too weird because what other options are there? Does Max think then that somehow this forced separation has advantages to it in terms of building a relationship? Yeah, Max thinks that some good things are going to come out of this both for Max and for everybody who's in relationships when it comes to communication. Because when you can't physically be with someone and you can't communicate through touch or even just rely on sexual interactions to connect with someone, you have to use your words in ways that are really direct and and communicate more successfully because you don't have other things to rely on. You just have the screen and you have your words, basically. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go all the way back to like Jane Austen when you wrote each other like 12 letters and then you were like, cool, we've had one dance and we are in love. Um, like I'm not, I don't want that. But I do think that like communication of needs and wants in dating is going to change because you, you have to have a real conversation with someone, you know? Hmm, good communication. That seems like a good thing. Well, good luck to Max and their new partner. And thank you, Mackenzie. Thanks, Alex. Another one of our team members, Isabel Carter, has been chatting with some of the people who reached out to us about their dating habits. So we're going to check in with them right now. Hey, Izzy. Hey, how's it going? Great. So what do you have for me, Izzy? Who's up first? Well, let's first talk about Sarah McCall. Sarah's story is about making new connections in quarantine and not knowing what the boundaries might be and needing to sort of reinvent those for this new moment. Okay, so tell me about what Sarah's dating habits, you know, were like before. Yeah, uh, Sarah loves to date. She's a person who likes making those connections. It's kind of an activity, almost a hobby for her to go out and meet with people, go out for drinks, text, be in touch. Um, And she likes to keep it casual. I would message someone on Tinder or like Instagram DMs or honestly like just text someone like, hey, want to get a drink Saturday? And it would be that simple. And those relationships, honestly, were like, could be pretty physical pretty soon. Just like kind of little flings that were hot and fast and intense and no longer than four or five months. So what's changed since COVID-19 hit? Yeah, well, as with everyone, 
meeting in person is no longer an option. So she's having to move all of that activity online into these virtual spaces. Uh, she told me that she has been flirting with someone on an app called Draw Something, which is sort of like a Pictionary style game. Uh, she's been making new matches on dating apps, and she even sent someone a letter. Oh, an actual letter? A handwritten letter? Yes, a handwritten letter. She sent it out via the postal service, and she's waiting to hear back. So she's communicating and reaching out to people and making these connections in a new way, This these sort of various forms of remote connections, either virtual or letter writing. How is that working for her? The rules of this quarantine dating story are very unclear right now. And it's almost like a space outside of reality. Like everything is out the window and the normal rules don't apply anymore. Is it a kind of what happens during quarantine stays in quarantine kind of a scenario? Like none of this is going to count. Time is suspended and, and I get a free pass kind of thing. Yeah, I think that she is not expecting things to necessarily become long-term relationships, but it's very possible that other people could read more into that. A lot of us are making a lot of connections, and I at least foresee for me that I'm going to have to do a lot of apologizing. (laughs) Not like because I'm like a player or have game or anything, but because it's kind of like this gray area where someone definitely could call your bluff and like double down on their feelings at the end of this. Yeah, and I just don't know if I feel like really um, prepared for that. COVID has obviously disrupted every part of life and dating is no different. We're in a space where the rules and the boundaries aren't as clear as maybe they once were. And I think that can be a prompt for people to start exploring many connections more widely and freely. But there's also the flip side where that could maybe lead to some hurt feelings on the other side of this. Okay, so maybe pay a little closer attention to that so it's not an unintended consequence. Yeah, but also, you know, have fun and uh, get that human interaction. You've talked to a couple of other people, including a former Curious City intern, Ellen Mayer, who reached out to us. Tell us about what Ellen is experiencing right now. Yeah, Ellen has had a really interesting time in quarantine. Uh, Her story is about being prompted by this moment to, you know, reevaluate some of her priorities and maybe give lost love another shot. Lost love, like an ex? That's right. Ellen made a connection a few years ago when she was just looking to date casually uh, that exceeded her expectations. It might have been the third date. He took me to a poetry night at the hideout and he read a poem that really kind of knocked me off my feet and I started falling in love with him then. And, you know, it took us probably another month or so to say it to each other's faces, I love you. But we did that pretty quick too. And we had like a really blissful first half of a year together. But as it does, life gets in the way. Things got more difficult about six months in, and they eventually decided to pump the brakes and go their separate ways. But they stayed in connection, and they always kind of had each other in the back of their minds. Then right before COVID hit, they had actually decided to end things completely. But once everyone was in quarantine, 
she couldn't really stop thinking about whether or not that was the right decision. She decided to reach out to him, but before she could, she got a call from him, actually. Mm. Um, and they decided to kind of give it another go. Oh, they got back together. I like this story. I like stories of people getting back together. So how are they doing? How are things going? I have to know. Well, they're still remote, which is difficult, but they're trying to keep building their relationship or as she calls it, rekindling. So they've been doing things like ordering pizza from the same place and then eating together, cooking the same meals at the same time. They've started a two-person book club and they're also doing the famous or infamous, depending on who you are, 36 questions that lead to love by the New York Times. And Ellen says it's been going a lot better than she would have expected. I'm not glad for these circumstances at all, but I do think that because we've had to be so creative and so intentional that it's possible we've actually covered more ground and like made more kind of progress (laughs) than maybe we would have otherwise because we're getting into some pretty meaty questions and we're doing it in a way that's like very generous and kind of safe feeling. Okay, so it sounds like she feels good about the direction things are going. How did the pandemic help clarify her thinking about her relationship? Yeah, I mean, COVID-19 has definitely been a challenge, but I think it has prompted her to take a risk. Living through a global pandemic kind of puts things in perspective in a different way. And there's certainly, I think, a piece of it emotionally that's kind of like, it's the end of the world, like, be with the one you love. (laughs) Thanks, Izzy. Those stories actually really cheered me up. And uh, I'm going to spend the rest of my day thinking about love. Yeah, for sure. So everyone, we hope you're finding love or at least tonight's connection and good conversation. Just be aware of other people's feelings. And remember, you're not going to be isolated forever. What happens in quarantine is actually real. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Reporting this week from Isabel Carter, Mackenzie Crossan, Linnea Dominic, Jesse Dukes, and Catherine Nagasawa. I'm Alexandra Solomon. And one more thing. I really agree with Ellen Mayer. Being with the person you love is really helpful to get through the pandemic. And I feel really lucky to have my husband to ride this out with, even though his timing isn't always great. Oh, what? No, get out. I told you I'm recording. Better go tell him it was sweet to offer to make me an espresso. Hang in there, curious citizens. Before we start the show... We here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.